Hello and welcome to Ideas Matter, the podcast that takes the most important issues of our times and explores the ideas and intellectual trends that have shaped where we are today. Over the next three months, this podcast will feature the lecture series Culture Wars, Then and Now. The lectures were recorded at the Academy Summer School and aimed to get to grips with the culture wars which become such a defining feature of Western life and which increasingly seem to pit differing identities against each other. The lecturers explore the intellectual, cultural, social and political ideas that shape the culture wars. They look back through history and also explore contemporary trends and present-day realities. To do this, we'll be looking at modernism and also the counterculture, at education and the family, at the historical roots of the identity-based worldview, and also at its contemporary manifestations and even politicisation, and much more besides, so do try and stick with us over the weeks ahead. To kick us off, we feature an introductory lecture to the series by Angus Kennedy, the convener of the Academy and author of Being Cultured in Defence of Discrimination. Welcome to the Academy uh, 2019 on culture wars, uh, then and now. Uh, for those of you who haven't been to one of these uh, before, my name is Angus Kennedy. I'm the convener of the Academy, the ninth one, in fact. Our time flies. The backdrop uh, to this Academy, though, even nine years on, uh, is still pretty much close to its original raison d'etre. Uh, is, of course, the continuing collapse of the academy out there uh, at the university as a place of free inquiry dedicated to the pursuit of truth. Uh, just this year, Cambridge has been uh, excelling itself, first of all, with the withdrawal of its invitation uh, for a visiting fellowship to Jordan Peterson, as his views were deemed not representative of those of the student body. Cambridge went on to strip another academic this year, Carl Noah, of his fellowship for pursuing a racist line of inquiry. His research deemed problematic for touching on the question of the accuracy of consensual stereotypes of the characteristics of different groupings, e.g. sexes, races, nationalities. Noah was denounced by that form, uh, the open letter, raising the concern, not that his findings were not true, no refutation was put forward, but simply the concern that his work might upset people uh, and offend them. And just at the beginning of this month, again at Cambridge, a white PhD student abandoned her doctorate after be having been triggered by a non-black lecturer reading out the N-word during class discussions. She left saying she was convinced Cambridge was racist because it refused to apply different rules to black and non-black lecturers. Ironically enough, and was failing to de decolonize the curriculum quite fast enough for her. That's the backdrop to this year's academy in terms of what's going on in the universities out there, a culture war over what can be said, what is acceptable behavior, a clash of polarized and essentialized identities, tragically most heatedly in the case of racial identity, which is now very much a thing again. And the backdrop is equally the ongoing culture wars in which the West continues to be mired more broadly. Culture is now the front line between countries, Russia and the West, between society and individuals, between individuals. Culture, along with identity, which you remember we looked at two years ago here, has become thoroughly politicized. Political fault lines as between 
leave and remain have become cultural blocks, a struggle between supposedly different types of people with set characteristics and incompatible ways of life. Ways of life that are seen as morally inferior and reprehensible by those with elite values, incomprehensibly aloof and patronizing by those on the other end. And in these debates, people are now routinely dismissed, even from their jobs, written off, canceled from discussions as xenophobes, homophobes, anti-Semites, extremists, misogynists, Islamophobes, nationalists, even just patriots, and above all, as racists. And it can be difficult, I think, in the context of these ongoing culture wars to know just what it all means uh, and how to go about starting to think about it, how about how we might intervene in these debates. Uh, we start even with the difficulty of being able to define our terms, what on earth is meant by culture uh, in these discussions. Culture seems to be everywhere and everything. It's, it's totalizing and without distinction. We used to speak about high culture and common culture and low culture, about universalist views and particularist views of culture, but now it just seems to be everything and nothing. And within this discussion, there's no room for cultural judgment, no hierarchy, no one is more cultured than anyone else anymore, and no culture is better than any other. Without judgment, there doesn't seem to be any arbiter or backstop, no one to say culture stops here, and that's outside it is no longer a cultural debate. There's no limit uh, to these cultural wars. The original Kulturkampf uh, of the 19th century Germany was between Catholic Church and the imperial state, really about who would control educational appointments and church appointments. At heart, it was a debate about the role and place of religion in a society that was fast becoming secular. As the Catholic Church fought a rearguard action to try and maintain its influence over education, marriage, and the family, while liberals argued for a modern reformist state for science and religious freedom. Those were bitter and intense uh, debates, but I think they contained a productive and more dynamic tension than today. They were about issues that really mattered for society. They took place within the context of public struggles to replace traditional values uh, with new ones. Today's culture wars, I think, lack some of the same ambition, although they certainly share in the bitterness, as they take place precisely in the absence of any shared values and in a society that is increasingly turned away from cultural judgment. Our version of the Kulturkampf is the school gate protests in, in Birmingham, which are now spreading uh, against the teaching of LGBT relationships to primary school children. You know, on the one hand, we have Muslim parents arguing the children are too young and that the teaching is anti-Islamic. On the other hand, LGBT inclusivity campaigners arguing that they shouldn't be written out of education and that the protesters are homophobic. The pro their program of teaching about sexual relationships in all their diversity is called No Outsiders. Nothing should be left outside. There should be no discrimination. Everyone must be included and inclusive. And this, I think, can look very progressive. I think it's important to try and uh, think through both sides of this debate and just not write them off as uh, both as silly as each other. Why shouldn't schools aim to counter uh, religious prejudice and teach that various forms of sexual relationship are no better or worse than others? Are these not the values of a modern, uh, enlightened, open and tolerant society? And are not the values of the Muslim protesters discriminatory 
backward and religious superstition. But I think what's actually being taught uh, and what the debate about the schoolgate protest is really about is it's about teaching quite a simple lesson, which is thou shalt not judge. That's, I think that's all it is. Adult sexual relations are actually an area that require a lot of cultural judgment. It requires debate and judgment at the levels of individuals, family, families, and the society in which they live. And that's precisely what's not being allowed when children are taught not to judge. I don't think we should overlook the extent to which this value of non-judgmentalism has really become uh, a ruling principle in society. That's what's being taught in schools and in universities over the heads of and against the values of their parents. Uh, without judgment, we lack a basis for autonomy, I would argue, for opinions, for a clash of opinions. We la lack a way of, of belonging together in society without judgment. Uh, which can only be, at the end of the day, on the basis of discrimination on matters of you know, where you stand and where somebody else stands. And I think it's all too easy to crusade on the breakdown of the authority of established social norms like the family, which we'll be looking at later. You can, like Jess Phillips, see the family as a place of patriarchal domestic abuse and want to rescue children from hate-filled homes. And, you know, and that's a position. Uh, it's quite valid, I think, to try and overturn the values of society. But when you do that, you've got to take responsibility for the new normal, not sit on the free-for-all fence of all forms of family are just family. It's all okay. That's just undermining. I think it's just social sabotage, and it lacks that productive tension of the 19th century culture wars. I think, really, because there are some key battlegrounds in the contemporary culture wars, which it makes sense for us all to question and discuss together. I will be starting with Frank uh, Ferreira on the emergence of the culture wars just after this. And then we're going to look at education and then at the family with the last, uh, the fourth plenary of the day covering the realm of ideas and ideology from Nietzsche to Heidegger, looking at modernist culture in particular through to the interwar years. So that's the culture wars then part of the program. Tomorrow, crudely uh, speaking, is going to look at culture wars now. I'm going to say something about the culture wars in the sense of high culture of art, music, and literature through the prism of post-war debates about mass culture and the commodification of the arts as you wake up on Sunday morning with a bit more Heidegger, if you're lucky. Uh, and then you'll have a choice of lectures, on one on emotion and reason or one on conservatism as a new count counterculture, question mark. Three short lectures to choose from after lunch, and then the final plenary uh, by Frank on the cultural turn and what darkness we can expect in the years ahead. You've been listening to Angus Kennedy, convener of the Academy, give the introductory lecture in this series, The Culture Wars, Then and Now. We'll return next week with a full-length lecture by Professor Frank Ferreira entitled The Emergence of the Culture Wars. So don't forget to subscribe to this Ideas Matters podcast on your favourite feed. And if you can, we'd be grateful if you could leave a review which will help us get the word out about this series. For anyone who wishes to explore any of the lecture topics in more depth, then do check out the additional readings that are listed in the accompanying notes to the podcast, 
or you can visit the Academy at our website www.theboi.co.uk. I'm Alistair Donald, Secretary of the Battle of Ideas charity which organises the Academy, as well as Debating Matters Schools Debating Championships and Living Freedom, the annual residential school for under-25s. If you would like to support this podcast, or any of the educational and citizenship initiatives, then please consider making a donation to the charity. More details of our work and how to support us are available at the website www.theboi.co.uk. Finally, thanks to Will Nesta Sherman who edited this podcast series. Thank you.